Hey Global Heart Church family, my name's Spencer. I'm the location pastor for Global Heart Church in Montreal in Canada. It's a great privilege to be sharing with you today. I really hope this message helps you and encourages you really to step out in sharing your faith. And what I want to speak about is yeah, how do we talk to people about Jesus? How do we bring Jesus to the world around us? We look at a passage of scripture, it's called the Great Commission. And really this passage is saying that for every believer, Jesus calls us to play our part in carrying the message of Jesus to a broken, lost and hurting world. So listen to this passage, it's from Mark 16, it's verses 14 to 18. And uh, so this is Jesus appearing to his disciples after his resurrection. And now he's commissioning them and sending them out. And friend is commissioning and sending you and me out too. It says this, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. Wow. And these signs will accompany those who believe. In my name, they will drive out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and they will drink deadly poison. It will not hurt them at all. They will place their hands on sick people and they will get well. Wow. Hey, you can even pick up snakes. All my friends in Australia, that's appropriate for you in your context. You're going to pick up snakes, you will not be harmed. I want to see some people do that. It says this in verse 19, After the Lord Jesus had spoken to them, he was taken up into heaven and he sat at the right hand of God. Wow. So just before Jesus ascends, the very last thing he says to his disciples, to us, the believers, he says, hey, go, I'm sending you into all the world. Then the disciples, they went out and it, they preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by signs that accompanied it. Wow. So the disciples get a hold of this. Hey, I'm called, I'm commissioned, I'm sent, I'm going. And then God does something incredible through them. Friend, he wants to do something incredible in your life and my life as we go, as we step out. And I want to encourage you that the Great Commission, this is for every believer. This is not for some believers. This is for every single believer. We're called to go. You know, what does that mean? It means in our everyday life, in your workplace, where you study, whatever you're doing in your everyday life, God wants you to be a light of Jesus in that context. He wants you to share the hope of Jesus with a lost and broken world. You know, we're, our job is to bring freedom, hope, healing to people through the message of Jesus. Do you believe it? Come on, do you believe it? And you know, the reality is when people think about this, hey, how do I share my faith? How do I impact the, the world around me? I think most Christians want to do it, but some of us, we can be intimidated because we think of a specific style and we think, I don't have that style. I can't share Jesus in that way. So we think of a great preacher and we think, oh gosh, I don't think I could preach to people like that. But actually, all of us are called to share Jesus, but in our own way. And so I'm going to unpack a few different ways that God gifts and anoints people to share their faith. The first one is a public preaching. You know, I've got a friend, his name's Keneal. He goes down to Cote Verture Metro in uh, Montreal and he preaches on the street. He's got a speaker, a microphone, he preaches in English. He's got a friend that translates into French and uh, he's seen many people reach that way. He's brought uh, someone to church a few months ago. They got baptized with us. They're in church consistently, fully, you know, give, giving their life to Jesus. And just this last Sunday, uh, a man who responded uh, as he was preaching on the street came to church you know, first time in church, had immediately went up for salvation. He also came forward for prayer at the end of our service. So, so God's using Khalil 
to reach people through street evangelism. Some people, that's your call, that's your gift, that's what you're going to do, that's how God's going to use you. But for others of us, that would terrify us and we would think there's no way that I could do that. I have some um, other friends that I know, Sam and Sarah, and their method of evangelism is friendship evangelism. They're, they're just great at building relationship with people, getting to know people, having people around their house for food, building really genuine relationship. And as they journey with those people, they get to introduce them to Jesus. They get to invite them to church. They get to talk about their faith. They get to pray with them. They navigate challenges in life. So really their style is friendship evangelism. Is that your style? You know, another style is the invitational style. You know, I went for breakfast recently with a couple from church and uh, we were being served uh, breakfast at a, at a breakfast spot in Montreal. And uh, the girl that was serving us, uh, they just began to ask, spark up a conversation with her. They're saying, hey, you're doing a great job. And uh, hey, how's your day going? And they just engaged in conversation and that led on to them saying, hey, do you go to church? And she said, oh, no, no, I'm not, I don't really, I'm not really a church person. And that led on to an opportunity for an invitation. So they're always looking for, in their everyday life, just opportunities to have some kind words with another person and just look for opportunity to give an invitation. It's an invitational style. Maybe that's your style. Maybe you're good at that. Speak, sparking up conversations with people you've just met and then taking opportunity to invite them to church. Another gift or another way that the Great Commission is outworked is through acts of kindness. You know, Pastor Jared, the senior pastor of Global Heart Church, he has an amazing story. How when his family was in a really dark place, a challenging place, financially very challenged through his father's alcoholism, his mum was brought some food by a neighbour. And on the top of the food, the neighbour wrote, Jesus loves you. And that was the opening, the beginning of the friend, the neighbour making friends with Pastor Jared's mum and eventually inviting her to church where she gave her life to Jesus and then she then went after all of her kids to get them in the kingdom of God, you know? So from that one meal with the with Jesus loves you written on the top, it led to Pastor Jared being saved or his siblings being saved and then also Pastor Jared's best friend being saved who leads a church in a Virginia beach in North America. And so between, from that, that meal, just through Pastor Ed and his friend being saved, tens of thousands of people have come to Christ. So I want to encourage you, however God wants you to step out in this realm of evangelism, it's incredible what won't be on the other side of that because you might reach one person who reaches thousands of people. You know, and so what's your style? Maybe it's acts of kindness. You know, there's all different kinds of styles. Maybe your style is praying for people, for the sick. You know, it talks about in this passage, we should expect signs and wonders to accompany us as we go. You know, I remember some years ago, I was traveling across Australia, a friend of, of mine uh, came with me. We lived in the UK at the time, but we traveled to Australia and we traveled from the north of Australia, Darwin, right down to the Red Center. It's a long way, it takes some time, you, it takes several days, and you kind of get on this bus with a group of people and you kind of camp out on the way down and you eventually end up in the center of Australia. And uh, you know, on the way you stop off, you see some different sites. And, uh, but you're really in a remote place. You know, you'll see a sign, it will say no fuel for you know, 500 kilometers. You know? And so, so you're pretty isolated and you're told when you go, make sure you've got water, make sure your car's been serviced, you don't want to break down out here. You know, if you get injured, you need some medical help, there is no medical help other than the flying doctor. You know, that means they bring a helicopter in to get you. So it's got to be pretty serious, right? So you need to be wise. So we're traveling with this touring group we're going through uh, this long journey in the middle of nowhere 
in the Australian desert and uh, a girl on the bus, she, she, she tripped as she was getting off and she fell on her shoulder and she injured her shoulder. They suspected it got kind of dislocated and went back in, but she was in a lot of discomfort and she wasn't bad enough to call the flying doctor. So it was kind of like, well, you're just gonna have to put up with it for a couple of days till we get to some civilization, you know? And uh, on the bus, I just said, hey, can I pray for you? You know, and she said, I'll never forget it. She said to me, oh, no one's ever offered to pray for me before. I said, well, I'd love to pray with you. I believe God can heal you. The friend I was traveling with, he wasn't a Christian yet. He was on a journey. He said, yeah, he does this all the time. When he prays for people, they get healed. You know, wow, this guy's got more faith than I have, you know, and uh, he's not even a believer yet. But, but we prayed. I, I laid my hand on her other shoulder, her good one, and just prayed that God would help her, you know. And I remember after that, she said, I was so touched. I was so impacted that somebody prayed for me. Now, she didn't see a, a, a major miracle. She didn't go, oh my gosh, my arm's completely better. But she was very much comforted by that prayer. And I know it brought her closer to Jesus. So even when we don't see the spectacular, God can do miracles. You know, another time on that same trip, someone else on the trip had a pain in their stomach they thought could be appendicitis were very concerned and I stepped out in faith again prayed for them and this time they said that they were completely and utterly healed the pain went and you know it was it was a miracle but in both situations God touched that person God moved and I believe they came closer to placing their faith in Jesus friend how does God want to use you what's your style of evangelism you know whatever your style is God wants to use you in that you know you might be a street preacher but you don't have to be a street preacher you know it's been explained to me that coming to faith can be like links in a chain you know and when I think about my story you know the first link that was ever made in the chain of me coming to faith in Jesus was when I was in a very challenging time in my life I was living at home with my parents but I was in all kinds of trouble mixed up in drugs and other things really in a low point in my life a few doors down from my house there was a village hall like a community center and uh, in there, I noticed on Sunday in the car park, lots of happy people, you know, and uh, they seemed to be happy. Some of them had a Bible under their arm and I asked them, what's going on there? They said, oh, that's a, that's a church. That's like a new kind of church. I was like, wow. You know, a link was made in the chain because in the time in my life when I was feeling so down, so, so depressed, I saw those people, those Christians, and it started to touch me. So a link was made for the first time ever. Before that point, I can't even remember, you know, meeting a Christian in a positive way. You know, I'd gone to school and at my school they used to take you to church. You know, once a month or something you'd go to a church service, but man, I couldn't understand it. The guy was dressed in robes, who was speaking. The message wasn't relevant to my life. You know, no link was established by that visit to church, but, but by seeing this community church, something got established, a link. You know, and as I went through my life, I met other people who, who impacted me. You know, I had a colleague at work. Uh, the colleague was a Christian. They were kind to me. They were kind to me, you know, and another link was established in the chain on my journey towards Jesus. So, wow, I've got two links happening now. You know, I'm not in a place to give my life to Jesus, but I, I'm warming up, you know, I'm warming up. You know, a while after that, I came to a very challenging place in my life. I'm in a mental hospital. I'm detoxing from drugs. I'm suicidal. A chaplain comes into that hospital and he preaches the message of Jesus. She had a simple message from the Bible about the prodigal son and a link was established in this chain. He then said to me, hey, 
why don't you tonight get down on your knees and pray? Say, God, if you're real, show yourself to me. I said, okay, I'll do that. So this, this link, this connection with God was beginning to get established. You know, a short time after that, I went to a rehab center. At that rehab center, a guy came in who was an ex-resident and he had a Bible under his arm. And I said to him, hey, I've just been in a mental, mental institution where a guy came in and preached and I see you got a Bible. He said, yeah, mate, I'm a Christian. You know, he said, why don't you come meet my pastor? Why don't you come to my church? And so another link was established. You know, I shared a room with a guy in the, the rehab. His name was Gary. We're still good friends to this day. And uh, I said to Gary, hey, I'm, I'm, I've been hearing a lot about Jesus. I'm kind of getting interested in the Bible. He said, mate, I can tell you the gospel. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, listen, Jesus Christ died for your sins. If you put your faith in him, Spencer, you can be forgiven, healed, set free. He can help you overcome this addiction. I was like, wow, this is incredible. I said, Gary, are you a Christian? He said, no, mate, my mum's a Christian. I was like, oh, okay. So his mum had obviously been preaching to him, telling him about Jesus. He's now preaching to me. So I've got an unsaved person preaching the gospel to me I'm, I'm, I'm getting closer I'm getting closer right I then got invited to go and uh, meet a pastor from this guy's church who came into the rehab I met the pastor and he said to me hey Spencer why don't you kneel down and pray a prayer and surrender your life to Jesus and so me and Gary the guy who shared the gospel with me he wasn't yet a believer me and him knelt down together prayed the sinner's prayer gave a life to Jesus and became born again you know I then went to church and when I went to church, people were warm and friendly. You know, I felt a part of, I felt welcomed. I felt like an outcast in society, but now I'm feeling a part of in church. You know, people who served the tea and coffee in church were smiling at me. They were warm. They were friendly. Everything that was happening there was telling me, hey, you fit here. You're a part here. You know, I then got invited to come to a connect group. I started to go to connect groups. I started to grow in my faith. Then someone said to me, hey, Spence, you should come and serve on the kids' team. I said, kids' team? You don't want me shaping young minds with my background? You're crazy. They said, no, we think you'd be great. So I started to serve on the kids' team, you know. And then I started to get discipled. I got someone assigned to me who's, uh, you know, who discipled me. I went to the New Christians course. You know, and then over time, I began to share my faith, began to give of my finance, and I really became a mature Christian. So there were links in the chain, and I want to encourage you, every time you speak to someone, every time you reach out to someone, you're creating another link in the chain. Maybe when you speak to them, it's not going to be the day they give their life to Jesus but it's gonna be a stepping stone on the way to that. So do not be discouraged if when you speak to people they don't, you know, and you invite them to church, they don't immediately come and get saved. Hey, what you're doing is you're becoming a link in the chain that's getting them closer to giving their life to Jesus. There's a, a, a document, it's called the Angle Scale. The Angle Scale talks about these steps to be, from someone being kind of hostile or unreceptive to the message of Jesus, to them warming up to receiving Jesus eventually, and then going on to becoming a mature Christian. And what I love about the angle scale is it doesn't just talk about getting someone to the point of becoming a believer. It talks about helping someone mature as a believer, because the Bible's clear. It doesn't say just preach the gospel and get people saved. It says make disciples, make disciples. And so I want to encourage you as we journey with people, it isn't just getting them to church. It isn't just encouraging them to raise their hand and pray a prayer, but it's also helping them get established in the church. It's helping them become a part of a serving team. It's helping them join a small group. It's helping them get a part of the new Christians course. It's all those things that help them to mature so that eventually then they become sharers of their faith. They become contributors financially to the kingdom and really they become mature Christians. And so starting point 
is such an important opportunity for this. If you bring anybody new to church, hey, also take them to starting point, you know, so they can get established in their faith. I reckon at least 10 people put into me to get me from being cold to Jesus to being a fully committed, mature Christian. At least 10 people sowed into me. And so why don't you be one of those 10 people that take people on that journey with Jesus? I love this. In Matthew 9, 35 to 38, Jesus says this. It says that Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. He's talking about broken people in a broken world. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to seek out workers and to send them into his harvest field. This is an incredible passage of scripture because here's what it's saying. It is not people who are not open to the gospel. So it doesn't say, oh yeah, people are so hardened to the gospel, yeah, they don't want to receive it. You know, they've, yeah, they've been kind of turned off Christianity from bad experience. It never puts the responsibility on the lost. It always puts the responsibility on the believer. It says the issue is not the harvest. The issue is we don't have enough people to bring it in. So I want to encourage you, hey, let's play our part. Let's say, yes, I'm going to say yes to the Great Commission. I'm going to be one of those workers in the harvest field, seeing people come to faith, you know? My backstory, you know, I was broken, I was lost. If someone didn't bring the gospel to me, you know, my life really was over. You know, but someone had the courage to bring the message of Jesus to me. Others had the courage to disciple me and help me journey. And God's done a miracle in my life. I know he wants to do a miracle in many, many people's lives through us as we step out in faith. Come on, the harvest is plentiful, but it's the workers that are few. You know, he takes weakness and he gives people strength. You know, he takes sickness, Jesus, and he gives people health. He takes sorrow, he gives people joy. Come on, he takes pain and he gives comfort. He takes poverty and he gives wealth. He takes demons and he gives freedom. You know, and so I want to encourage you as we step out in faith, as we begin to share our faith in whatever way we're gifted to do it, whether it's acts of kindness or it's preaching on the street, you know, whatever style we are, as we start to work in that, we're going to see God do miracles in many, many people's lives. And I want to encourage you to keep praying for yourself and keep praying for others for boldness, for boldness. In the New Testament, I never find the disciples playing for the lost, saying, God, soften their hearts. God, open the door. You don't find that. Here's what you do find. You find the believers praying, hey, God, give me boldness. God, give me boldness. Acts 4, 29 to 31 says, And now the Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with boldness. While you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of the holy servant Jesus. And when they prayed, the place in which they were gathered was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So here's what happens. Jesus ascended to heaven. He's given the Great Commission. And now all the disciples, they're fearful. They're scared. They're in an upper room. They're praying. And then the Holy Spirit falls upon them. And suddenly they're empowered to go out and preach Jesus. Peter, who denies Jesus three times, maybe the most cowardly person out of all the disciples, jumps up, preaches over 3,000 people 
give their life to Christ. So friend, the key to this is to understand I need boldness. I've got to go to God to get that. I've got to say, hey, Holy Spirit, fill me to give me that boldness because God wants to empower us to get out there and be a part of bringing in this awesome end time harvest. Do you believe it? And you know, sometimes you kind of just got to do it scared. Sometimes you just got to do it scared. 1 Corinthians 2, 1 to 5, I love this scripture. It says this, When I came to you, brethren, I did not come with superiority of speech or of wisdom, proclaiming to you the testimony of God. For I determined to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with the demonstration of the Spirit's power. So your faith might not rest in man's wisdom, but in God's power. It's saying this, as you step out, God's going to back you up. As you step out, God's going to back you up. As you invite that person who's serving you in a restaurant or in a coffee shop, as you step out and invite them, the Holy Spirit's going to back you up. You know, as you pray for people who are unwell or who are battling something or who need a job, or facing some challenge in life, as you pray for them, God's going to back you up. God's going to answer prayers that it might be a testament to His grace and His mercy. So I really want to emphasize this, that we've got to step out. We've got to get out there. We've got to push through. You know, imagine if we enter into an eternity, say, man, I had a great life in church. Man, I love being a part of Global Heart Church. So many friends. What a great community. But actually, the people around us were going to hell. Man, wouldn't that be sad if we get to the end of our life, the end of our days, and we know how I'm in. I'm all good. The, you know, my friends in church are all good. But actually, all the other people around me in the world, I, they just perished. They, they were lost. You know, and at that point, There'll be no more opportunity to represent Jesus. There'll be no more opportunity to go. I want to encourage you, now's the time. Today's the day. Seize it. Let's be a part of the Great Commission. I know God wants to use you, and I know He wants to use me. And just finally, I want to just finish with this thought. Sometimes when we share with people, we, we get a hostile response. Now, not often. Not often. I reckon... You know, it's like 1% of the time. 99% of people, they're either open or they're indifferent. But you'll get the odd hostile response. And this is what Jesus tells us to do when that happens. So if you start to talk to someone about Jesus now, they're hostile in their response to you. It says this in Matthew 10, 11 to 15. Jesus instructs his disciples, If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, shake the dust off your feet and leave. Here's what he's saying. Don't stress about that. Don't strain and strive about that. Hey, just let it go. Just let it go. Let it bounce off you and just move on because the very next person you speak to is probably going to be wide open to Jesus. You know? So do not be discouraged if some people don't want to hear the message. If they don't, that's okay. We're not here to force anything upon people. We're not here to you know, kind of beat anyone with the Bible. We just want to tell people, you are so welcome. There is a warm invitation to come to know God. If people are hostile to that, they don't want to receive that, that's all good. We'll leave them. We love them. We'll pray for them, right? But we'll let them go their own way. Jesus is very clear about that and you know there's a big difference between when people are asking questions to find answers or when they're asking questions to trip you up in your faith you know i've talked to people before and they'll ask these sincere questions and when i answer them they're like okay and it's removing barriers to faith other times someone asks me a question i'll answer they'll just ask me another question i'll answer they'll ask me another question what they're really trying to do is trip me up you know they're trying to prove how christianity is wrong it's a waste of time engaging with those people. I need to do what Jesus says. Say, okay, this is not a welcoming and open house. I shake the dust on my feet. I'm going to go move on because there's so many people who are just waiting to hear the message of Jesus. And just finally, to encourage you, 
um, a pastor in the UK called Paul Scanlon led a church in an area that's predominantly a Muslim area. So, a, so it would be it would be agnostic or atheist and Muslim. Very small percentage of Christians. A place called Bradford in the United Kingdom, and uh, he started a church there. One thing he did was he got he did a survey on the street, and they asked people on the street, "Hey, have you ever been invited to church?" Ninety percent of people said no, never been invited. And then they asked that ninety percent of people, "If you were invited, would you go?" And sixty percent said, "Yeah, we'd go. Yeah, we'd go." So I want to encourage you, if there is any company where you said, hey, 90% of the people have never heard of your product, but 60% of people would buy it straight away if they heard of it, man, that company would go on a marketing campaign. They would say, man, we've got to invest in marketing. We've got to get the message out. We've got to get um, uh, salespeople out because we've got an incredible product here, but people just don't know about it and people want it. Friend, that is the gospel. That is the gospel. People are waiting to be invited. People are keen to be invited. We just need to push out, step through, get out there, be a part of the Great Commission, and God's going to do something incredible in other people's lives, but also in our lives as we step out in faith. Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Hey, let's just pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. God, thank you that it's very clear the harvest is plentiful, but it's the workers that are few. Jesus, today we say, I want to be one of those workers. God, we say, hey, I want to be used by you. Father, I pray, give us boldness. Help us to step out in our everyday life. Father, whether our evangelism style is acts of kindness, whether it's praying for the sick, whether it's preaching on the street or invitational or friendship evangelism, whatever our style is, God, let us embrace it. Let us be used by you and let us together see many, many people, God, added into your kingdom and many, many people saved. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen.